Let's get ready to read. This episode has it all. Journeys down conspiracy rabbit holes, discussions about Joe Rogan, cancel culture, why CBDCs are very bad, and it has Travis rants. Oh, yes, it has ranting. Oh, and we also talk crypto privacy with Joshua Shigala. If you're an NPC, you probably shouldn't listen to this episode because your dainty brain is going to be so triggered that you'll yell up to mom from her basement to hold off on bringing you those chicken tendies because you can't even right now. But if you're not an NPC, which is the majority of our audience, buckle up and brace yourself for this really controversial episode number 587 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. This is the baddest of the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm Joel Com, and that is Sir Lord Travis Wright, the most high reverend time lord of Bad Cryptopia. That's pretty close. You forgot Archbishop. Archbishop. That's okay. <laughs> um, so, so right here, you know what? Like, cancel culture runs wild. And there's some things that are going to we're going to talk about in this one that a lot of you maybe haven't thought of, especially as we move towards uh, a digital currency economy sort of worldwide, right? As that happens. And then imagine cancel culture and culture really cancel culture seems like a misnomer because culture is like the open discussions of, of art and literature and just discourse. And it's like the culture, right? Cancel culture is, is such a misnomer. It just seems weird. But this episode right here has got a lot of a lot of different things. I can't wait to actually re-listen to this one because Joshua is a very smart dude and been around for a very long time. And uh, we got some great discussions with him. We didn't know it was going to go this way. Uh, you know, in our show notes, the topics were DeFi, stablecoins, crypto in general, knowing he was an OG. But we ended up like this is a free-flowing talk show and there wasn't an agenda here. And it just turns out that uh, he had a lot to say about this. And it's even more relevant today, Sir Lord Travis Wright. We're pre-recording the bookends for this show on Wednesday the 9th. The episode actually comes out on Sunday, which is the uh, 13th. Then when you guys will actually hear this. But today the news was announced from the Biden administration that while um, people are, are can't get early treatments and life-saving protocols in hospitals because of COVID, the president of the United States is giving free crack pipes to drug addicts. So. No, I a, saw that. I, I thought I it was a joke. I, I thought it was a joke too, but then I realized I think maybe Hunter Biden is the one that's kind of running that, <laughs> that whole thing. And I can't wait to see crack pipes. It's like Biden, you know, build back better. Here's a Biden crack pipe. <laughs> How embarrassing. Uh, how embarrassing. Seriously. Come on. Now, like, I, wow. I happen to read the story on Twitter via the Brave browser because Google sucks. Google's horrible. Google doesn't care about you. Google wants to own you. They want to sell you. You are just another piece of meat to them. But the Brave 
privacy browser doesn't feel that way. You can protect yourself, browse in private, not give your data away to the highest bidder. Go download the Brave Browser, browser <laughs> the browser, and a browser. I don't know what a browser is, but you can, maybe you can get one there, brave.com along with the browser. It's like a brownie, like you're cooking yeah. up a brownie or it's a browser. Yeah. I don't know, but you can go get one, brave.com. Maybe it's like when you're like a brown noser, you get a browser. <laughs> maybe that's it. I don't know. This is Wikipedia that and see what comes up. Uh -huh. I can't figure it out either. Uh, anyway, I hope you guys are buckled in. This is a lengthy interview. It's an in-depth interview. There's a lot to unpack here. We hope you enjoy our guest. Uh, by the way, I pronounced his name wrong in the intro uh, when we interviewed him, and I didn't find out to the end the correct pronunciation. Like after we're done recording, I'm like, why didn't you correct me? He's like, oh, I'm used to people saying Skigala. The correct pronunciation is Shigala. So let's get to the interview with the correctly pronounced Joshua Shigala. You know, people will look at us having been in crypto since 2017 and say, you guys are OGs. Like, nah, we're mini OGs. Like, you don't look at our size, but we're, we're OGs. We're like me medium Gs. Yeah, Gs. medium <laughs> Gs, not OGs. Like, but when you get to you know, be with somebody who's been in crypto from the Mount Gox days. Now, you know, you're with an OG. And today <laughs> we've got a, uh, a real OG with us. His name is Josh Gagala. He is a crypto veteran, co-founder of Vault Toro and also the standard.io. He was there and he also responded to the collapse of Mount Gox. And we're going to find out all about that today. Josh, welcome to Bad Crypto. Hey, ma'am. It's such a pleasure to be here. What you guys have built is uh, is really epic. I love this podcast. It's uh, it's always fun and uh, and educational at the same time, which uh, is really what you're looking for. It's it's medium epic. Yeah, goes with being medium OG. <laughs> Terribly epic. Yeah, horribly epic. Horribly <laughs> bad epic. crypto. Horribly epic. I like that. That could be our new <laughs> our new tagline. So, um, when did you discover Bitcoin and crypto, and and uh, tell us about your experience during the Mount Gox days? Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I built the world's first swap site where people swapped clothes uh, with each other instead of buying and selling, and and that's when I realized that swapping is just a terrible way of doing anything. And I started looking for a way to have some sort of currency in the middle. And that was back in 2002. And I started thinking, oh, how can we put something in the middle here so that uh, if you don't like anything I have, you can choose from the rest of the uh, economy that we're building here. And, uh, and uh, then I thought, oh, we can't have money. Like, I don't want money. Then I'm back to being a central banker. So uh, I, I was looking around the internet, what technology exists and sort of came across uh, very quickly what the cypherpunks were trying to do. Um, and that was an unsolvable problem. The double spend problem just didn't, wasn't solvable. And so I just sort of forgot about it and, and, um, and got on with my life. Meanwhile, they kept on going. And then in late 2010, I came across Satoshi's white paper and I thought, those crazy cypherpunks did it. They finally solved that issue. And um, yeah, and, and then I fell down that massive rabbit hole of, of trying to uh, see how this works and, you know, uh, get some alpaca socks and the, the fun things you could do back then, which was very, very few and far between. Uh, and then Silk Road happened. And um, how many dramas drugs did you buy then? You could buy all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, 
Well, you know, it, it was it was it was actually really interesting because philosophically, a lot of the early guys were all about uh, anarcho-capitalism, trying to figure out systems right. how to deal with complex social issues without the violence of the state. And so, when you read the writings of uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts, they were always very inspiring, uh, talking about how we could build uh, systems where, uh, you know, and it's, it's also what eBay was trying to do at the same time, funnily enough, because eBay was trying to figure out how you uh, could have honest trade uh, using reputation systems. Um, and this is happening now in the illegal drug space, which is usually punishable by death uh, from cartels. And, and so you couldn't really give bad feedback to the drug dealer on the street corner, you know. So for the first time, you could have consumers giving feedback to very violent people uh, without any violence. And so this was a really, just just being a bystander watching, because I, I wasn't a consumer of drugs, but I could, uh, and I found it very fascinating watching this thing unfold. Uh, I'd seconds. say Ross Ulbricht, one of the top entrepreneurs. Like, I mean, for yeah. him, for what he did for, for crypto, to help it gain its massive use case. And then, you know, it did give it that sort of, oh, drugs kind of thing for a while. And then, so that took a while to shake off, but what he built there uh, with Silk Road, very innovative. And he just built the platform and the technology and just let people do what they do. Yeah. And man, government doesn't like that. As you said, the government likes to have a monopoly on violence. They don't want anybody yeah. else to be part of that. That's right. That's right. That's the, that's the whole definition of government is a monopoly on the initiation of the use of force within a certain geographical region. And, um, and this is, uh, you know, this is uh, what you're trying to minimize as a, uh, uh, you know, as, as a, a student of philosophy, as a student of, of any left or right wing, you really want to try to minimize violence, you know? And so, uh, that's 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 what really attracted me to to crypto was this beautiful mixture of hardcore uh, libertarian philosophy, uh, but also the technic the technical side of things, uh, the mathematics, the um, the the also the use case of being able to send money across borders without asking anybody. And one of the big aha moments was really early on. I found this this guy's music. It was this kid in Iran living in his mum's basement making music and he had no political affiliation. He was just this cool little nerdy guy making really awesome tracks. And I wanted to buy an album from him and, and I went to PayPal. I couldn't PayPal him. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't pay this kid. And then that's when I realized what, what these, um, these blockades, global blockades do um, and at the, the same time, um, you know, WikiLeaks got shut down uh, by Visa and MasterCard and PayPal and everyone got, you know, it was the start of the full cancel culture. And it really is like, whoa, this is, this is what bad digital currency does. And we're seeing it now with the trucker convoy, $10 million on GoFundMe, how dangerous um, centralized digital currencies are. Well, let's and, talk about uh, that for a second, because yeah. the, you know, just to, uh, lay the groundwork for those who are in a cave. The truckers in Ottawa, Canada have been protesting uh, what the lockdowns or the vaccine mandates or what, all, all of the above, basically. Yeah. And um, a GoFundMe was started 
to raise money for these truckers, what for gas, food, whatever they would need while they're camping out. Toilets, and, snow shoveling, making it safe. And GoFundMe responded by doing what? Well, they just basically said, all right, we're canceling the whole thing. Uh, then you have to like ref, uh, claim a refund. If you don't, we're just going to distribute it to different charities that we like. And everyone's like, uh, what? Uh, but we gave it to these people who are fighting for our freedoms peacefully, um, no matter what the, the media tell us, all we've been seeing is peaceful protesting and uh, something that's really core to a uh, you know, post Magna Carta sort of era of, uh, of freedom and, and democracy. And, um, and one of those cornerstones of democracy is the right to, to voice your, your, um, your concerns. And um, yeah, and GoFundMe just shut it all down. And, and then, yeah, so, so people, uh, yeah, but so, so there you see that once you have a digital currency that's very fluid and wonderful for the internet, uh, if, if you have centralized control who can say, we don't like that. And, and I bring this up, whether you like the truckers or not, it doesn't matter. Because just like Whoopi Goldberg it wasn't used to being canceled herself, but is constantly calling for people to be canceled because she doesn't like the opinions. Now she sees what happens when her opinion and she's forward and she's pushed forward with this cancel culture. Now her opinion is also not liked, canceled. And so so this is what happens if you don't agree, if you think, yeah, good, the truckers' money got taken, good. Hey, guess what? One day you're going to be fighting for something you believe in and the other side's going to say, yeah, good, you got cancelled, when really it's not good for anybody in a free society to have this centralised power. And with the truckers, very, very significant because it's really now a political uh, uh choice of, of, of communication money is communication money is speech because you mm. vote with your wallet that and is that them. right there is one of the most important points that's been made in a while really and joel and i've had this conversation and we've chatted about it because like the cb the the, the central bank digital currencies is like a trojan horse for chinese level control right yeah. And it's like in, in one side of it, we go, oh, yeah, CBD, CBD. I mean, I like to smoke CBD and THC, but I don't like CBDC. But, yeah. but it's like the idea was like, look, hey, look at these countries that are adopting crypto and look and look at the ones that are doing it. China, India, they're trying to control them. They're trying to, you know, now maybe we're having a Fed version. Of course, there's going to be a Fed version. It's going to be a World Bank version. But then it's going to be. Uh, when everything is all digital, just like you said, with this whole trucker deal, they're yeah. going to say, guess what? You no longer have access to your wallet. You are now screwed. You're now in the, you're the homeless people outside of the commune now, yeah. because this is a quarantined area. That's only people with a certain social credit score. And you no longer are able to be a member of society. Now you might be listening to this folks and thinking, Oh, there's Travis going off on another conspiracy theory and a rant, but you got to put two and two together. You got to read between the lines. This is exactly what's going to happen. Have you been paying attention to the 2022 Olympics? I haven't, but I paid attention to some news <laughs> articles about it. And, I, and then somebody sent me a GIF. I was laughing about it. It's basically, I don't know what the show is from, but it shows this dude and they're, they're running and all of a sudden, he takes off beforehand and he has a gun. And then he turns around and shooting the other runners. 
And then it's like, and then they move the, the finish line to him and he wins. Yeah. It's kind of like the 2022 Olympics. Cause look, China, like, Oh, wait a second. You're banned from this. Oh, the Chinese have won again. Yay. Yay. And, uh, and shit. Yeah. And, and really, if you think about like, if you bring it back down to like local mafias that are maybe running a little cartel in certain regions, mm. what if, if you come along and say, Hey, I'm going to start competing with you. What are they going to do? They're going to shut you down. And you get, and everyone understands this concept, but they somehow see, uh, you know, people that have voted in uh, as sort of some holier than thou that they can never be corrupted. But we all know that these governments can be corrupted. So you try to minimize that power as much as possible. And CBDCs, if you mix digital centralized government control money with the idea of like vaccine passports and scanning QR codes, you start to you start to get into social and you mix that with like a minimum uh, with a uh, with a wage that's just given to what's the what's the name uh, slips me um, where they are uh, the living everyone. wage. Yeah, yeah, minimum give, basic yeah. income, yeah. minimum basic income. And all of a sudden you get a class of people, well, all people um, are, are fully controlled because if you then cut, up, cut them off, they will do anything to protect the hand that feeds them. So you mix that with CBDCs, you mix that with a social credit score to keep everybody in line. And that's, that's what you get because it sort of just heads towards that direction. And so, you know, you, you can't say, oh, no, but that's good. Uh, but that isn't because m most things fit hand in hand very easily together. Once you have the government app that does the yes. QR code, once you can't get in the shop because you haven't had the right medication and you, you uh, also have money that's, you know, it all sort of plays in hand. So be yeah, very, but, but very we have to do it because it's for the good of the people and you just want granny to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it really, it comes from um, disinformation and lack of education in our schools. They're not teaching anymore the horrors of what happened under socialism and communism, right? Instead, you're hearing messaging that props up this notion that everything should be distributed equally. And, and what they don't understand is that that has never, ever in the history of the world worked out good for the people ever ever and it, you know once you are um indoctrinated by the media and by the leftist educational system it is really hard to give that up because people find their identity in these core beliefs that they have and to discover one day that you have been living a lie is a very difficult psychological obstacle to overcome it takes a lot of courage and soul searching and let's face it People aren't even taught how to soul search anymore. And this is how you get drones. This is how you get NPCs. This is how you get Twitter being, yeah. you know, the cesspool uh, of cancel culture that it is because but Joel, all of but these Joel, they just didn't do it right. Yeah, right. Know, they didn't have true <laughs> socialism. Right. right. Yeah, once yeah. true socialism gets implemented, then you'll see you guys. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's a good point. And uh, but this is everything that in the early days, pe people were thinking about, and, and of course, cryptos evolved then, you know, the, you started getting a lot of the just greed and moon boys and, and girls, they're just like there for the moons and the yarn. And then you get uh, all the regulators. We saw this with, with a lot of conferences, then regulators would come in and go, oh, and everyone would be like, well, yeah, the regulators, I want to hear about the regulators. And you're thinking, huh? 
who gives a shit what they're saying? Like, no, I don't care what the regulators are saying. I don't care what what uh, banks are saying about this stuff. I really don't care. We're building a system outside of this. Um, and then uh, after a while, uh, you get also, you know, in between there, you also get the people that were saying, hey, we want to send money abroad and, and, um, and, and uh, you know, the technological side of stuff. But now I think when I, when I talk to people, a lot of people, they come in for other reasons, but they stay for the philosophy. They start to understand and get, get taught about the philosophy of freedom, the, the freedom of transactions um, uh, and, and trying to have less government. And that's, that's a beautiful thing because these conversations went away when we went off the gold standard. Uh, when, when we were going off the gold standard, people would actually talk about this. Where, where does money come from? What is value? And, uh, and that's disappeared for the last 20, 30, 40 years. We really have, have stopped and the youth uh, really didn't know enough. I've seen videos, uh, you know, we've all seen them of people trying to trying to give someone a, a gold coin uh, or a you know or an ice cream. And the, yeah, that like, Mark Mark Dice cream. does those videos. Mark He's Dice. back to doing it. So the one that was super popular that he did was him in I think Huntington Beach, offering people an ounce of silver or a chocolate bar, and it was amazing how many people took chocolate bar. Well, the most recent one was an ounce of gold. Wow. And he was just he was he was offering to trade them the ounce of gold for whatever it is they had. So, hey, I'll give you this, you know, one ounce gold for your sandwich that you're eating or for your bottle of water. And it was just yeah. astounding. I mean, I'm sure that there were some people somebody must have said, OK, but the sheer number of people that had no clue that an ounce of gold is worth, what, 17, 1800 US dollars for a sandwich. Stunning, stunning. Uh, and it's really a sad state of affairs when that is the sort of level of education um, and that someone can actually do that and not think shit, I'll be broke at the end of this day. <laughs> Lack of education. So, yeah. uh, you, you know, you were there, you saw Mount Gox collapse, right? Did Ooh, you have yeah. money in there? Were you? Yeah, I had plenty of Bitcoin in there. Yeah. 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 Tell, and, how uh, much? What did you lose? Oh, I don't want to say it's horrible. It's It'll painful. Huh? It is painful. Okay. But you know, that, that's the story. Like, and, and even if, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I lost even more just spending it on crap <laughs> along the way, you know, before the hodl me, but it was all these things of getting, Hey, Hey, you want to try out Bitcoin? Here's five of them. Here's 10 of them. Try this, you know, the, the faucets. When um, we, we used to have these, these faucets, just feed the faucets because the more people, you got really excited about people getting this stuff. And, uh, and, and the aha moment was, would only ever happen when they actually made a transaction. In fact, I, I was over here in Germany when the, uh, the head of the central bank here, uh, the Bundesbank, um, they, uh, he gave up, he gave this big speech about how terrible Bitcoin was and, and that it's uh, just useless and it's terrible and uh, for society and blah, 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 and, and that it would never work. And, and then I put my hand up and said, have you ever done a transaction with Bitcoin? And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, what? So you're giving this whole talk and you've never actually downloaded a wallet and used it. And, um, and... <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. To it's see like record. the people saying cancel Joe Rogan and they've never actually listened to yeah. a, an interview. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that is that is the level of brain deadness that yeah. they want to cancel a guy who's just asking questions and having yeah. conversations with people. I saw 
I saw a great meme on that. Actually, I think it was a tweet where it said, for years, Joe Rogan was on network television on Fear Factor, getting people to eat horse sperm for $50,000. <laughs> but they wanted the, everybody wanted to cancel him once he interviewed a doctor on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> right? Dude, I remember it's like, here are some cow balls. Eat the cow balls. Here's a horse dick. Eat this. Oh I, I mean, I, I, and then he basically interviews and asks questions to people just yeah. to get a perspective. Unedited. A per- Unedited. Pers- oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Amazing. I mean, we're living in really, really, I mean, this is what George Orwell was, you know, and everyone, it, it sounds kind of meme almost now bringing up George, but Orwell, uh, George, yeah, George, hey, but, but his, his, his predictions in 1948 were so amazing and, and stunning. I mean, this was before, you know, television even, and he had these monitors and cameras monitoring everyone. And, and the idea of double speak and new speak and old speak, and that new speak would replace old speak. And uh, we're seeing this now with, you know, like Facebook all of a sudden saying that, oh, the, uh, the, uh, the British medical journal is uh, wrong. And you know, it's just a news blog and, uh, you know, canceling and, and this, this sort of twisting of language uh, we're really in a in a kind of crazy space and mix that with deep fakes and all that we you know us as humans have got to uh, <laughs> got some challenges ahead well it's kind of like a merge as you mentioned it, to me it's like having read you know 1984 that he that he wrote back in 1948 and then having read Aldous Huxley right and it's like it's almost like it's a combination of the two because you can see how they're kind of trying to to destroy the family unit right and it's like here we are with quarantined areas, and and then the only thing that's missing is soma, right? So for us to take our daily soma to drive to drive out, because in in night in uh, in Brave New World there is no wives and husbands. Basically, the girls are just random for whoever they want, and when they have a kid, they don't know who the dad is. Mm-hmm. And it's like you got this generation of parentless children. And then you can't go outside the no-go zone or you're never able to come back in because that's all that's dangerous out there. And yeah. mix that with 1984, mix that with deep states, mix that with the panopticon that China has for the Uyghur population. Oh, like to man. me, that's the craziest shit that nobody's talking about. And then, oh, by the way, it's one of the most worst human right violations of all time. And here they are with the fucking Olympics in their back, in their, in their country right now. It goes against everything. Yeah. But don't mention politics. You know? Right. Right. We well, yeah, we, we politics. get, we, we get a few people. Crypto. There's a few people who will listen and they'll go, these guys need to stick to crypto and, and, and not talk about mandates and politics. And they don't understand that it's all interconnected. It is. That it there is. would it's not be a need for blockchain and crypto were it not for the BS politics going and on. And by the way, folks, if you do want the moon and to find projects that will hit the moon, you have to understand what we're talking about here because the projects that solve the problems that we're talking about here will reach the moon. And this is what early Bitcoiners understood. This is why the, uh, the, 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 the first block here on the standard hat that we, that we made um, it has the idea of that the, the chancellor is printing more money in the in the in the Genesis block, and uh, and bailing out the banks on the second brink of bank bailouts. 
the, these, these concepts that we're talking about will allow you to open your mind to understand what are problems that the human societies are now facing and what decentralized projects are actually solving it. Because there's a lot of decentralized projects that just don't solve anything and they don't need to be decentralized. They just don't need a token even. They can just be running on the Amazon cloud. For, for example, because, go ahead and name one that does not need to exist, a name that we would know. So, um, I mean... <laughs> Come on, you're, you're going this way, so I'm putting you on the yeah, spot. Yeah, so um, I, I think there are some... Uh, let's let's say nfts i could think some nfts just don't need to be decentralized um so well a lot of them really aren't to begin with because you know being on ipfs doesn't necessarily make them completely decentralized i'm not sure well, it's more decentralized than just OpenSea hosting them which okay. a lot of nft projects it's basically just open and when OpenSea goes down which they have all of a sudden your pictures don't show up right and, and, and so, like, the government isn't going to shut down NFTs, um, as far as I can tell. You can't have your bored apes. You no more, car <laughs> no more cartoon <laughs> apes. You can only have state-issued uh, knockoff apes that we have yeah. uh, made through or completely vanilla and non-offensive to gorillas and monkeys everywhere. That's right. Which is That's to say right. there's just one. There's only one you can have. Yeah, and you can't quite tell if it's female or male at yes. all. True. They better not do any baboons because that is horrible. It's because oh. they show their butts all the time. Yeah, right they got the big pink butts. Baboon Nobody butts. wants the baboons. Yeah. Maybe no baboon wants. butts should be an NFT series. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's actually yeah. funny. <laughs> I'd say, yeah. So mix, -a -Lot would, so mix a lot would buy them all up. He'd be a Oh, whale. yeah. Oh, he likes big baboon butts. He loves big baboon butts. Hey, um, so no, but uh, projects that I think do need to be decentralized obviously money um and the ones that are tackling transactions and money but also i think like dns is a really interesting one that needs to be decentralized dns is 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 like a core principle of the internet to um to make sure that uh that websites go from you know strange numbers to an actual word that's human readable yet not many people know this but these databases that that control this are super centralized, super centralized. And, um, and so by decentralizing uh, the domain name service, uh, it, it, it brings us a long way to actually distributing the internet again. And yeah. there, there comes big problems with decentralization as well, like censorship, as far as, you know, a lot of people in the space are like, censorship should not exist. But it kind of needs to. Like, I don't want my kid to jump on the internet and see someone getting their head cut off or see some awful, uh, just, you know, there's freaks out there. Well, things right? that are illegal, right? That that yeah. the society in general, hey, look, uh, murder, you know, killing, you know, yeah. snuff films, um, child abuse, abuse of any kind, um, you yeah. know, kitty porn. Screw all you people out there trying to make the case for pedophilia being normalized you are the scourge of the earth we see Scum you we yep. see you and if your dicks get chopped off in a meat grinder we'll be okay with it just saying not threatening just saying uh but yeah there's <laughs> certain there be like just like a like, a, like a, a blockchain content rating system where it's like that stuff's going to be somewhere somewhere and it's like if it's rated 
it should. I mean, I think that obviously pedophilia shit's fucking horrible. That that content shouldn't be out there. But if you end up having a a, a, a free content sort of free for all, then that content's gonna show up like on the Silk Road kind of thing or somewhere. So should there be like a a content rating system where they don't necessarily cancel shit, but it's like, oh, this is so fucking horrible, and I'm setting my I'm setting my children's content rating at an at a seven through 10 and I don't want them to see any of this stuff. So like, what's the solution? Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting problem. And what, what I, what I think, where I think it's heading is where like people like uh, Fiat Jeff, who, who does a lot of stuff in the lightning network space uh, along with Ben Ark, amazing uh, creators in, in lightning. Uh, he's building a Twitter based on uh, a decentralized Twitter and we were having this conversation about the censorship idea. And really what it comes down to is that certain nodes start to connect. And when you jump onto this decentralized Twitter, you choose which nodes. And you know that certain nodes have, uh, have certain censorship rules and you're happy with those rules. And you'll go in there. Um, and basically uh, anyone that's, uh, that's sharing abuse of uh, or, or something that's not like like you know child abuse, this this stuff goes back to good old fashioned police work of saying there's servers over there sharing this stuff, and um, the internet can come together and try to figure out who they are. And there's a, there's a great video on on uh, on a great movie on YouTube. Uh, sorry, on um, on Netflix called Don't Mess with Cats or something like that. And it's basically that where the internet saw this guy doing abusive stuff to animals and posting it on Facebook. And then the internet just went, Whoa, and these people really started crowdsourcing information, little like, hey, there's a sign I saw. And then they went on Google Maps and tried to find the same, hey, this is the same stop signs that they have in Netherlands or whatever it was. I can't quite remember all the details, but it was amazing to see that. And I think this is what it comes down to is that, um, that good old fashioned police work uh, and uh, is where it's where it's going, and not just um, you know, not just uh, cancelling people's money, uh, everyone's money, and having centralized control of money, because that that's basically what's happening now. As they're saying, um, if if you you know support a political ideology, then we'll just shut you down. And this is a very very dangerous space to be, and this mm -hmm. is why Bitcoin exists. Is that mm -hmm. that that's not possible, and it goes back to good old fashioned police work to say, hey, uh, you're selling some drug that makes your skin fall off, uh, and it makes people feel good for ten minutes. Uh, that probably is pretty terrible, and uh, we should stop you from doing that. But uh, you know, good old fashioned police work will do that. It just is harder to do than just it, for example. P the, the media told people that ivermectin was a horse drug, right? Yeah. And, and so people immediately go and parrot. They don't do their own detective work to find out that this is actually an award-winning pharmaceutical that's used in treatment for many ailments uh, for decades now, right? This is not something super safe, not something as new, almost but they were told, effect. they were told, and because they were told, then they just automatically believe that. Okay, so I have a statement. Well, so, but that's only two cents a dose, bro. So we got to get that six hundred dollar yeah. a dose. Pfizer thing, doesn't that make any. Doesn't work. No, yeah, the, Pfizer the doesn't booster. make profits off that. The so, so, 
here's a yeah you need your 12th booster uh here is um a comment first of all uh, baboonbutts.io is available sir lord travis for your next nft project nobody's done baboon butts yet so here's the question for you josh yeah, how do you think this is gonna end and i don't mean that there's an end point but there's definitely a war for information and for the soul of the world that's happening right now and the battle is um the 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 true fight for decentralization not the moon boys that are on you know youtube looking for which token is going to moon next or which nft project is going to make them money that that's all fine and good but that's the shallow end of the pool Mm. the real battle is this battle against tyranny you know, it's it's freedom yeah. versus tyranny. How it is. You know, are we going to are we all going to end up, uh, you know, in striped suits somewhere in a camp or is uh, are the people going to prevail? And, um, you it, know, unfortunately, the, the answer to that, as far as I'm concerned, um, and, and, you know, I'm just one voice the, 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 the otherwise I'd be uh, arguing for di- for dictatorship, because if I knew everything, I'd. <laughs> Be like, yeah, I know everything. Dictatorship me. Uh, But really, the answer is quite boring. And that's multi-generational peaceful parenting. Um, That that children grow up um, not worshipping authority, but questioning authority. That people, that kids understand how to reason, um, how to take data in and, and see multiple data points and reason from that and not be like, when, 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 when kids ask, hey, why is this? Uh, why can't I do this? Because I said so. That's, that's totally terrible because then they go, oh, okay, because he said so. And, and this, is, this is the sort of uh, system that basically builds slaves that just go, oh, because he said so, or she said so, and uh, the boss said so. And, um, and really, this is, this is really how you beat tyranny is, is next generational, sadly. Uh, and and it, it's a very slow thing, but it, right now for our generation, I feel that there is this um, this this splitting between and, and as much like I, I do like Trump, I, I like some of his stuff. Uh, you can't say that stuff. you've just labeled this podcast misinformation and disinformation. Now we're going to be yeah. canceled. Right. I mean, I. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I find thanks, him funny. Josh. You know, he's, he's thanks, funny, Josh. Oh. Funny dude. I, you know, if you can't find him funny, even if you're on the left or the right, then you're taking yourself too seriously. But um, the the thing is that that we we need to understand that on the left and the right, there are points of similarity. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, a lot of the left, if you go uh, and talk to well-meaning lefties. They talk about communities and having more communities that can, you know, grow their own food and this and that. If you talk to the right, it's the same thing. Less government, less government. And guess what? Well, less government is it's smaller communities governing themselves and and having um, sovereignty over that community and, and, and movements like that. So trying to find places where we where we can talk and communicate in a respectful manner and try to find, our, um, instead of finding the differences and arguing those, find things that we have in common, because really there isn't a left and right. There is tyranny and there is freedom. And that's what we should be looking at. Who wants tyranny? I'm pretty sure no one wants tyranny. I'm pretty sure we all want freedom. 
freedom of association. But people, uh, they ask for it incrementally every time yeah. they say we want the government to provide this service for us. Right. Yeah. They're asking for it in small doses. You know, give me give me just a little booster of that tyranny, because mm. since you're taking care of this, this improves my life or allegedly improves my life. Because a lot of times yeah. it doesn't. It makes it makes your you know the welfare system actually keeps people imprisoned, right? It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't actually help them. It gives them. It's like a, a hit of a drug. It's like okay, good. I'm good right now. I can pay my bills. But what it does yeah. is it creates a mindset of dependency. That's okay. I need that next hit right now. Here come. Oh man, I'm 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 under. I need just enough to pay it so I can keep going. Yeah. I love that quote you said, there isn't a left or right, there is tyranny or freedom. And I think that's why nationalists, people who love their country, were so much under attack. It's not, it's nat it's nationalism versus globalists, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and these globalists are the ones pushing the tyranny. And then when you dive deeper, and then you see, you know, you think, you know, we've been conditioned, oh, the World Economic Forum, that's just a really great thing. They're bringing together the world leaders and they're talking about stuff in an open forum. Well, then you realize they have the, you know, World Economic Forum, young global leaders, and, and they're the ones that have been indoctrinated. And then you look and see those are the leaders that are popping up in all these different countries that, oh, by the way, seem to use Smartmatic and some of these other voting systems. So it's like, ah, now we have the means to get whoever we want, wherever we want them to do our biting, however we like. And it's Conspiracy. Like, Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy. You're the worst kind of guest for me to have on here, Joshua, because you, you get me all ranty. Conspiracy. <laughs> I love you. This, love now brain. we got to put a rating alert on this episode. Warning, the topics discussed in this episode of the Back uh, totally Podcast may cause you to go down rabbit holes and think for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and we're a little ranty. So a little, yeah. Little hey, ranty. look, you know, um, I, I, I find that there, there's certain there's certain people that that this does, and, and this is typical of crypto people. And when you go to crypto meetups, um, before you had to pretend you're, before you had to act out that you're in hypochondriac to go to these conferences and, uh, you know, test yourself when you're perfectly healthy, um, uh, you actually would go there and have these, these beautiful conversations and, uh, and, and, and feel like you're solving problems of the world. Hmm. So good. And maybe, maybe but, we are. Uh, I've got I've got a couple predictions here. Uh, one in the short term, you know, as we're talking about, this is a problem that is solved generationally. Um, these kids that are growing up during this pandemic and being masked uh, are going to have serious psychological problems. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and and probably is. already are experiencing it. I mean, it's you don't have to have a PhD in psychology to know that facial cues have so much to do with development and we're just the, these poor kids are going to have all kinds of struggles. I've already uh, heard that people are getting uh, triggered by not having the mask on even zoom because they're like, I kind of feel yeah. a little bit anxious, not having the mask. Like, yeah. You're naked. How, You're naked on zoom. Yeah. How weird is that? <laughs> and that's only CNN um, people do that. Yeah. Like, wasn't that the dude that was caught? Doing weird shit on Zoom. Anyway, here's the, oh God, the prediction probably. that because the kids today, they're not the ones driving cancel culture, but they're growing up in this cancel culture. Children, yeah. ten, the next generation tends to rebel against the previous generation. Yeah. So my prediction is that in 
20 years, we're going to see the most outwardly blatant, patently offensive generation that we've ever seen, that they're not going to care at all who they offend, that they are going to rebel against the right think and say what they've been masked. And now they're going to be unmasked. They've been watching people be canceled. And now they're going to say, you just we're going to do whatever the hell we want. And, and honestly, least empathetic, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it could be violent. I don't know. I'm just saying that, it, you know, th this is the cycle. If you're if the parents are teaching their kids that this is why everybody's so wrong and this is how you think, well, guess what's going to happen when they become teenagers and yeah. start going, ah, mom and dad suck. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. And you saw that like with the hippie generation. And then after that, the punks, uh, you know, just totally what ah, and, and, <laughs> you know, had this total dichotomy. Uh, happen yeah no very good prediction joel I, I, I well we'll see I, if it's good or not um and and i'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing either i'm just just reading the tea leaves here that's mm -hmm. a really good know. shitty prediction joel yeah yeah <laughs> you're welcome. terribly bad <laughs> yeah let's talk about the standard right so you got some other stuff going on you got yeah. vault toro and here we are we going down rabbit holes and you're like i'm here to promote my business and here we are talking about ranty things and all the whatnots. So tell us uh, hey, what if is someone's what, what, gotten all the way through to here. They deserve to hear about this. I'll tell you. Oh, for sure. Thanks for staying with us on this one, folks. So tell us about the standard Dow and Voltora. What's going on? Yeah. So, I mean, Voltora was built after the Mount Gox collapse because I, um, I thought we, we've got to build a decentralized exchange. And we started looking and Ethereum didn't exist at the time. And so, in, and, and, Bitcoin didn't have the op return codes, like the programming language to actually create a decentralized exchange properly. So then we focused rather on building a decentralized exchange, um, we focused on transparency in exchanges. And that's how Voltoro was born. We built um, the Glassbooks protocol, which allowed anyone to constantly in real time audit um, the books uh, of a centralized exchange and uh, using, using the blockchain or blockchain without the. Um, and, uh, and and then we uh, we were going. We've been going since 2015, and half a billion dollars worth of gold and Bitcoin have traded. And so then then we started thinking, man, there's 10 trillion dollars worth of gold just sitting in vaulting facilities around the world. A people can't move that between these vaulting facilities very easily, or the ownership. Um, yet this gold never moves. Uh, it never sees the sun. It goes from the from the mine to the smelter to these vaulting, these professional vaulting facilities and just sits there. So imagine if we could uh, get this gold and um, put it into smart contracts and borrow against it like, like the MakerDAO um, started doing with crypto. And not only do that, but have uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and a whole lot of other crypto assets as well as hard assets tokenize CDPs, uh, you know, collateralized debt positions and borrow stable cryptocurrencies and not only just have the US dollar, how about we mirror every single currency around the world so anyone can choose, hey, I want, um, you know, shekel, I want uh, South African rand, I want uh, Australian dollars, US dollars, um, uh, euros. And, uh, and so we started putting our minds together how, how to do this. And uh, really, one of the things that always happened was many, many people came up to me over the, the years and said, Josh, you're the, the crypto and the gold guy. Um, 
how, how do you tokenize gold? And I remember just saying to these gold retailers, don't do it because it, you're going to turn into a scam if you tokenize gold. Uh, and there's, you know, a lot of the people they've gone out there and go, yeah, one ERC 20 equals one gram of gold or one ounce of gold and boom, that's it. And you're like, hmm, does it? Okay, tell me, how do you collect uh, the storage fees for that? Because when you have physical things, you need to pay for the uh, the storage. You need to pay for the for the the big vaulting facilities, the guns, the the, the that protect it, the um, the insurance, the auditing. All of this stuff has costs. And this is, by the way, folks, for any thing that's tokenizing real world assets. So people talk about tokenizing real estate, tokenizing boats, tokenizing cars, like. All of these things have real world costs to keeping them there. So for property, people need to do the plumbing, they need to do the painting, they need the weeds, the all that stuff. Uh, now, crypto is a push technology. So if you have an ERC-20 that equals a gram of gold in the in a vault and you die or you pass away, or uh, sorry, you pass away or you lose your private keys, hey, how's that cost getting paid for? So does that mean the voting facility now needs to pay forever to have that gold sitting there? Yeah, it does. And they turn into a natural Ponzi scheme because they need new people to come in to buy tokens to pay for anybody that's lost their keys. And, and so these, these real world uh, problems of, of tokenizing real world things, we feel we've solved that in the standard because what we're doing is allowing um, voting facilities to go up to the DAO and say, hey, we've got full auditing, full insurance and all this good stuff. And we are um, we have a uh, glass books protocol that we, we use for Voltoro. So anyone can always audit us. So what we're going to do is we're going to tokenize gold and allow people to just put that in a smart contract. But they can never pull those tokens onto their phone to lose the key. They can just basically tokenize a smart contract and either put it in a locked state where they can generate stable cryptocurrencies pegged to fiat, or they can unlock it and um, send the tokens back to go and then pick up the physical. And, and this separation from having people actually have access to the tokens where they can lose it is, is, is separated. So if they do lose that locking mechanism key, it doesn't matter that the smart contract will continually pay the storage fees um, until you know the, the CDP is liquidated or goes below collateralization, or it just forever keeps paying. And, um, and so th these, these little things that we're solving, uh, I think a really important step, not just for gold, but anything that's tokenized. And we feel that the, we're calling it the standard because we really wanted to build a standard for stable cryptocurrencies uh, globally that also had a footing in the real world. And uh, we went to the crypto castle just recently uh, for, the, uh, for a conference. And there was, a, there was a, an auction between a physical painting, this massive physical painting and an NFT. And the physical painting went, sold for so much more. And, and so in the real world, there's still value to physical. And now I asked the person why, you know, what, if we started having this conversation, why did the physical sell for so much more? Well, it was easy. We didn't need a projector to project this thing constantly on my wall. Um, uh, we could just hang it and it's always there. So there's, there's still this value. And we, we, we write this off in the crypto world, in, in the technocratic class. We're like, ah, NFTs are the shit. And, and really, the physical space is really still very, very important. And so um, uh, having the ability to 
have stable coins um, backed by real assets are, are really cool. I, I just, I'm really loving the whole stablecoin, decentralized stablecoin plates, because this is another threat that I that really scares me is the growth of things like Tether, USDC, and these centralized stablecoins are, are a complete nightmare to me. Well, boy, time flies when you're having fun and ranting and going down the rabbit holes. Uh, Josh, we're going to have to have you back here again in the future because there's just so much to talk about. And um, we encourage you guys to go check out what he's doing with um, the gold Bitcoin exchange at VaultToro.com. And also check out how they're solving inflation at TheStandard.io. It's a DeFi protocol. Thanks so much, Josh. Great to see you and talk to you today. Hey, Joel, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot, Travis, for having me on. I'm really looking forward to uh, being back and diving down another rabbit hole, a terribly bad rabbit hole. Hey, gang, are you still with us? Are you still there? Are you mad? Are you are you not in your head? What's going no, on? No, Mom, I don't want my tendies right now. I can't even get those chicken tendies out of here. Oh, my God. Joel and Travis were saying it's the things today that hurt my feelings. Ugh. Bring me a quesadilla. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. And and we had to cut off Josh sooner than I wanted to because we had a hard stop. But it was easy. We just said, see you later. We'll talk to you the next time we talk to you. I know. I just, there was more to say, but we, we we could have gone on and gone on. I think it's what I got to have to do back and have more calls with the dude. Yeah. There's other things to do. Anyway, we'd love to hear from you guys. Don't write us to complain though. And, and, you know, if you feel you're unempowered because you subjected yourself to this and you're going to go to iTunes, I'm going to go, I'm going to go write a one star review and tell them that they're not listenable. I'm so mad right now. I'm going to go write a one star review. You know, Sure. If that's what you need to do, go ahead and do it. We will. We literally told you what was going to happen in this episode. Yeah. I mean, if you you listen to it, like I'm going to be so offended. I can't wait. I got my offended hat on. Yeah. Now, if you actually raise your hand and go write a one star review because you're offended, you're just inviting us to make fun of you. And we will mercilessly because you'll deserve it. But Mm -hmm. if you like the fact that free speech matters and that you don't have to like what other people say, but you support their right to say it, which is what our, uh, our forefathers and ancestors fought for literally to the death so that mm-hmm. people, the, the right for people to say whatever they want to say, you do not have the right as a human being to not be offended. You can decide whether or not to be offended. So if you, if you believe that, then go write us a five-star review and say, I support free speech and uh, know that all of our episodes are backed up elsewhere in case, you know, enough one stars re to the skies and, you know, iTunes takes us off, whatever. We'll just, you know, we'll do other stuff, whatever. We're good. I wanted to say this is that, you know, some of the things that you think might be conspiracy, um, you know, go and listen to the Joe Rogan episode with Dr. No, Robert. Can't, can't, no, can't do That's that. That's the one you recommended not long ago. I listened no, to that thing. It's like all the stuff that Google and all these big tech projects are doing. It's crazy. No, I was told that Joe Rogan is a right wing Nazi. I nope. The I oh. the guy in the news told me, and other people on Twitter told me, so I cannot go listen to him. You can you may not encourage me to think for myself, Sir Lord, Most High Reverend Archbishop Travis Wright, Time Lord of Bad Cryptopia. Time Lord of Time and Space. <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> do not do not lead me astray and tell me to go think for myself and listen for myself. I was told orange man bad. 
Joe Rogan bad. Cancel Travis Wright things. did not kill himself. So no, no, neither did Joel Tom. We are very right. happy and not suicidal at yeah. all. So, I mean, just it's all about, man, just got to think it through and put put dots together. The dots are not going to be put together for you. You get critical thinking is is something that is missing from education for the most part. Like you have to be taught how to be a critical thinker. There's so many biases and psychology things that they use against us because they figured this shit out years ago. How to how to dumb us down and how to keep us docile. Bread what was the um, what's that interview uh, that you pointed out to me several years ago with that Russian dude? Yuri. Oh, yeah. Yuri, Brez, Yuri Bresnikov or whatever. It was with G. Edward Griffin. Which was years ago. He was predicting all this stuff. He was saying this is how they manipulate the masses into socialism um, and to this this cancel culture idea. And this is it always goes bad. Always. Every time without fail, there is no incidence of this going well for the masses, for the human yeah. population. Wow. This the interview was actually in 1984. They have the full version of this thing up. I've never seen the full version of it. I've only seen the 16 minute highlighted version where he's talking about how it takes three generations to really, you know, destroy a, a, a country's ideology mm -hmm. and, and, and sort of the America bad version and psychological warfare that changes the perception of reality that allows them to implement sort of implement their socialism and their communism over time. It takes so it. little. Oh, can you drop the link to that in the show notes, Trev? Put that in the show notes. It takes so drop, little. I'm going to drop the, the the 16 minute one okay. and then I'm going to drop the full uh, two hour one, because after you listen to the first one, you might want to go through and then listen to the second one. Let me make sure. It's I see. I, I see Tukey back there. Hi, Tukey. Hi, Tukey. She hears my voice. Is that Joel? I hear Joel. She's hear looking for you. Yeah. So there, there's two. It's all a matter of what you're told in the perspective, making sure you're getting the full context. Like somebody, uh, producer Aaron told me today, holy cow, um, Biden's giving out crack pipes. And I'm like, that can't be the whole story. Like, that's my first inclination before I emotionally respond and react. Uh, my first thing is to go, OK, what's the real story? And what's being twisted here in order to make a point. And then I went down the rabbit hole and I found, <laughs> no, it's for real. They're actually doing that. And so you have to, you have to always be able to ask yourself, what is the real story here? Is the story that I'm being told, um, is there an angle to it? Am I trying to be persuaded or manipulated to look at it a certain way? It's like the whole um, indigenous tribes in America. The kids are being taught that Americans are bad because the colonists killed the Indians, right? Now, I am not a fan of anybody killing anybody, and our forefathers and founders did a lot of bad things. But what they're not told is that before that happened, the Indians killed the shit out of each other all right. the time. They were conquering right. each other endlessly, brutally, savagely. There's but they're not never taught been that. a time in civilization's history where people were not warring in some sort of violent way. Conquest. Government, right. as we mentioned in this, government is legalized violence. And once you're the government says who to go after, that's why you have stormtroopers who go out and be like, oh, I was told that I need to do this. So that's my job, because that's why you got police people out there being brutal and beating somebody's ass, because guess what? 
that's what they're told to do because if they don't do it, then they don't get paid and their, their wife and kids don't have food. They lose their job. So, I mean, shit, I was talking about this the other day. Uh, the, I, went, I went to Prague, Czech, uh, Czech Republic, and went Love to it. the medieval torture museum. Oh, yeah, been there. That is the most despicable fucking place you could possibly like. <laughs> yes. Look at how rude and mean and barbaric people were just 400 years ago. Horrible. And it's like, why? Or oh, this guy said to do it. The Lord and the King said to do that to this person. Okay. Oh, you cheated on your husband? Well, now you're sitting on a big fucking iron triangle until your vagina splits your whole body into two. Right. And, you, and you're going to do it as long as it takes. We're going to split your limbs apart. Ew. We're going to put you in a canary cage above the freaking ocean and the salt water and the, and the birds are going to slowly kill you. Like sick, despicable shit. Yep. That's what governments would do then. Now they're just a little more crafty. Yeah. And so I bet there's some people that are like, oh, I never thought about, you know, the indigenous people that way. They were brutal. Here's another one. Uh, so people that say meat is murder, you know, for PETA, the ethical treatment of animals. OK, step back for a moment. Have you guys ever watched nature do its thing? Animals are brutal to one another. There is a food chain and they just go in for the kill. That's no, it. They, that's not science. It's not backed by that. What you're saying is not real. Re they just go in. Like if you watch any animal predator against another, there's no, you know, what this humaneness to it uh, th because they're animals. And so we're smarter than they are. And meat is tasty, especially right. bacon. Bacon. Really I tasty. could see the food chain. I, I was I had a moment when I was in California. I went to Yosemite and then on my way back to Yosemite I was driving to San Francisco because uh, I had like some I had. I was working with Semantic at the time. And so I was driving back for work for a week the next week. And uh, I stopped and I saw this, heard this, saw this little sign about a waterfall and there were some cars parked there. So I like, I stopped and I pulled out and I, and I, and I walked down and there's a sign that says, watch out for mountain lions. And I was, it's like, don't be by yourself. And here I was by myself and I walked down there and I see this waterfall and it's all beautiful. And I turn around and there's this big ass mountain lion looking at me like he wants to pounce on me. And I had remembered, like, whenever you see one of them, just be as big and nasty as you could possibly look to scare it away. So I turned around. And I just went, ah! and that thing just <laughs> took off running. And I just boogied up the freaking the stair thing and then up and then back to my car. And I was like, oh, my God, that thing would have torn me to shreds. And I'd be like, no, mountain cat eating humans are bad. Meow. He's going to be like, sorry, dude, you're a big, hefty fellow. You're like a couple meals. Meow. I, was almost, I was almost a mountain cat meal one time. <laughs> it's amazing to me just how gullible people are. Got to ask questions, gang. You got to go down these rabbit holes. Uh, you know, I once had a, a counselor tell me, you know, even if you might not like this uh, concept that could be true, you have to put it on the table in front of you in order to look at it, pick it apart and evaluate it and, and learn how to ask questions. And I tell you what, there's a lot of people that don't know how to ask questions and people that just believe whatever they're told. Um, I saw Mark Dice, who's one of the funniest guys on, on YouTube, um, posted a video uh, yesterday um, of him interviewing people on the street in Huntington beach. And he was telling, he's wearing this t-shirt, save the triceratops. And he was saying, Joe Rogan killed a triceratops. And he wanted to know what people thought about it. <laughs> it's hilarious. And there, I mean, and I think to myself, oh my gosh, these people vote even worse. These people are responsible for other people. Save the triceratops.
Yeah, R- Ricky Gervais had had something that he had said. He goes, you're talking about free speech and whatnot. It's like, he goes, if you don't believe in free speech for people you hate, fear, and disagree with, then you don't believe in free speech. It's like, are you so self-righteous and so self-important that people can't disagree with you? Like, you think you're going to go through your whole life, you're so entitled that no one's ever going to disagree with you and have a point of view that you don't have or question your point of view. You're so self-righteous. You think that really, well, then you got a whole lot of things coming that. Yeah. It's called reality. It's called reality. And remember uh, if you applaud when they come for somebody else, then don't be surprised when they come for you next, which is why I, I'm not a fan. You know, I think Whoopi Goldberg is an idiot. And I think the thing she said, you know, about um, the Holocaust not being about race was idiotic. But I don't say cancel her. I don't say take her off TV. I say let her be out there and be challenged uh, by somebody who can go, OK, you're I mean, I was thinking if I was on that show, if I was sitting in that chair, I would have looked at her and said, that has got to be the most ignorant thing I've heard come out of a human's mouth. They literally said they were the master race, <laughs> but I'm not for canceling. Don't cancel people. Let idiots say idiotic things. Let us say idiotic things. Mm-hmm. Let Joe Rogan talk to whoever he wants to, to, to say whatever they want to say. And if you don't like it, there's this thing called the off button. Turn it off. Right. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean other people don't want to hear it. And then to me, how my brain works, being a critical thinker for all these years, is that if they want to censor something, they don't want that information out there for some reason. So I immediately gravitate to it to go read it and learn about it to see what it's what are they talking about? Oh, they don't want us to learn about this censored media. Well, why not? I'm going to go I'm going to go watch that content then because they don't want me to. I'm going to read the books they don't want me to. I'm going to read Catcher in the Rye. I'm going to read 1984. I'm going to read these books they, they try to cancel. You're going to right? read. I'm going to read. I guarantee you thinking people are going you know, like who, who've never heard Joe Rogan are now going, wait, what's this guy all about? And then they go and listen to the show and they're like, wait, I don't understand. What's what's the problem here? Like, yeah, we really- mentioned that the show. It's like he spent years on national television, network television telling people to eat horse dicks and horse sperm and cow balls <laughs> for $50,000. But Lord forbid on his own podcast on the internet, he interviews a doctor yeah. who happened to freaking invent MRNA. Like, like really like asking him questions. That's, that's low blow, Joe. Don't go down that road, Joe, but that's low, okay. Horse sperm. That's great. Dumb low, people down. That's great. Educate low people. blow Joe. Hey, uh, you made it this far. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. We're here. Now you understand the title of the show, you know, why Bitcoin is so important because we need Bitcoin. It's so tied to this movement of freedom, of free speech and freedom of movement. And uh, glad to go down these rabbit holes with Josh Shigala today. Thanks for coming on, Josh. And uh, Sir Travis, I want to use my free speech to say thank you for being on this journey with me. It's fun talking about these things. It, it is fun. I'm, I'm pleased to be on it. Thank you way back in 2016 or whenever it was you put me on that list of influencers you want to know more about. And look what you got. You like self-fulfilled this crazy shit for yourself. You hadn't put me on that list. We probably wouldn't be friends hanging out like this oh. or that list you put me on. I remember the list. I said, I said, this is the list of special people that you should pay attention to. 
He's like, this guy is kind of funny, this Travis guy. I want to know him better. And here we are. Now he's like, I want to know him less. Hmm. Thanks for listening, gang. <laughs> Subscribe, review, share. We appreciate you. We love you more than words can say, even though I said all the words, except for these two. Stay back. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Wait, what are you yelling about down there, Junior? Are you are you playing the Dungeons and Dragons again? No, Mom. Travis and Joel was just listening to this podcast. They were talking about all these things. That's just such bullshit. It's like indoctrinated propaganda bullshit. They don't even know what they're talking about because I saw on CNN what they really meant. And these guys need to be fact-checked for misinformation. Junior, you need to stop watching all that and and get a job. Are you ever going to get a job? I mean, you're 35 years old. Get get a job. I I am a sergeant in Antifa, Mom. (laughs) I am important. I've been hanging down at the Black Rose Society, and I am going to bash fash. You, you come up here and you you play dress up like every day is Halloween, and and then you eat all the food. You don't bring any money home. You wear these stupid costumes, and and, Shut and up, I, mom. You know what? Okay, you, I'll take those tendies now. Don't, don't make. Hungry. I'm going to come down there and beat your ass. That's what I'm going to do. Could you bring me a Mountain Dew also? Okay. Thank you, mom. Read it, I shall prepare for the reading.